0: Mental health
1: check in with Link Come on and check in with me Mental health check in with Come on and check it with me Mental health check in with Come on and check in with me Come on and check it with me Mental
0: health check in with Welcome 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 to another episode of Mental Health Check In with Leek. Today, I have a special guest. She is wonderful. She is awesome. We have Kayla Wolf. How are you, Kayla?
1: I am doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: No problem. No problem. Thank you for saying yes. I always tell everybody, thank you for saying yes. I know mental health is not easy to talk about, but thank you again for saying yes and coming on the podcast.
1: Of course.
0: Yeah, so my first question for you, I ask my guest this, every time we start, how is your mental health?
1: Um, currently, I think my mental health is probably at uh, one of its best. Um, I've, you know, really started trying to take care of my mental health more. Um, and I think that considering like the holidays coming up and like just the winter time being relatively tough for most people. Um, I think I'm doing a lot to kind of be proactive and not let it get, you know, pretty, pretty bad. So I make sure I take walks, I sleep a lot, and um, just do things that I enjoy.
0: Yes, that's so good. Um, I like to ask my guests that question because I feel like people could be struggling inside. And I feel like when you ask, you know, instead of asking how are you okay, asking how's your mental health? I feel like that opens like a dialogue for people to say, hey, I'm not from this world, I'm from like this, you know?
1: Yeah, I I love that question um, because it requires you to think a little bit other than the typical response of how are you? Good, how are you? You know, takes a minute to think about it.
0: Yes, um, my next question's for you. um, Um... Sorry. Um, my next question for you is um growing up, was
1: it okay not to be okay for you? Yeah. Um I'm fortunate enough to have both my parents super involved at home um growing up. And I was given the opportunities so many times to go to therapy. Um and it was totally normal, you know, to have conversations about mental health. Um we were really, you know, allowed to be open with our parents and Uh, that was considered a safe space for us.
0: Yes, yes. I always ask that question too, because like, you just never know different household, different backgrounds. You know, people grow up differently where it was okay to be okay or it's not okay to be okay and everything. So thank you for giving me an honest answer. I love it, I love it. Um, Do you have a circle of friends that you could count on to hold you accountable for your mental health?
1: I would say I mean I don't have a whole lot of friends but I have a large support system that includes you know my family and friends yeah. um, and I think all of them for the most part are pretty open about their mental health and and that's something that can be part of the typical conversation. Yes yes
0: um um I don't have a question I have questions I do have a question I want you to go into your story, tell us about Kayla, you know, I know your story, you know, we, <laughs> me and Kayla, we um, both work for NAMI, and, um, you know, I think we did the end of the silence on, um, on Facebook Live, and, mm-hmm. you know, we told our story, sorry, not her story, but I want to try to hear her story, and why she is so passionate about myself, go ahead, Kayla.
1: All right, um, so, as I said, you know, I grew up in a really a close and open family. Um, Mental health was always talked about. Um, I had my own struggles with anxiety uh, throughout middle school, high school, and even some of college, Um, and I would go in and out of therapy, um, and I call myself the therapy dropout because I go for a couple sessions, and then I decide that that's not a good option for me at that point. It's not really an effective mode of treatment. Um, And I'd be really embarrassed about it, or I used to be. I was like, what the heck is wrong with me that I can't go to therapy to get help for my mental health? And um, it just didn't make sense. And so then I just kind of put that on the back burner. And then um, in November of 2020, I lost my 14-year-old sister to suicide Um, and that was like a huge eye-opener for me because, uh, well, me and my family, really, we, it just, we weren't expecting it. Uh, we didn't really see any signs. Um, and it just, we just couldn't believe it happened. And it really made us take a step back and think about our own mental health and kind of what was the barriers that my sister faced that she couldn't reach out to us for help or she couldn't reach out to other people for help Um, so for me I really took another step further and started diving into education about mental health and and suicide prevention because I just really wanted answers and I wanted to figure out uh, a little bit more about it and kind of understand what my sister was thinking uh, that particular night uh, because we just really didn't understand and I don't think we ever will, but we definitely have a little bit more of an insight now. Um, so that really began my mental health journey uh, because it connected me with NAMI. Um, so now I'm on the warm line. I'm a warm line responder for NAMI. Yeah. Uh, and that's really great because I can give encouragement to people who are just looking to vent and you know really need emotional support. Um, and I do Ending the Silence that we did together. Um, I go yeah. to different high schools and I talk about my story a little bit more in depth and um, just try to encourage people that it's okay not to be okay. And yes. uh, kind of just show them that in, like, uh, in-person therapy is not really an end-all be-all treatment. Uh, so my therapy is doing mental health work with NAMI and my therapy is non-traditional stuff like writing and listening to music and all that good stuff so um i just try to you know end the stigma that way
0: yeah i'm so sorry you know again about your sister Mm and i know you um mentioned suicide i just want to say anybody that's listening um to this um podcast episode you know if you're struggling going through any thoughts of suicide or any suicide ideation or if you know somebody that's going through you know make sure you call the national suicide prevention hotline all you have to do is dial 988 um please please if you know somebody or if you're going through it please call them they are there for you no matter what um like me and Kayla work at NAMI we have support groups we have a NAMI upline, you know, um, we like, there's free resources out there, guys. Make sure you guys are Googling. Use Google as your best friend. There's different NAMI chapters all over the world. Um, Just make sure you use these resources. Like I said, anybody that's struggling with suicide, just dial 988. Um, So, my next question for you, how did you find out about NAMI? Because I'm going to tell you, right, I didn't know nothing about NAMI until one of my friends told me about it. And I didn't know it was around so long. So, how did you find out about it?
1: Yeah. Uh, someone else asked me that question a while ago and I just, I couldn't give them an answer. I really don't know, but I definitely didn't know about it before my sister passed away. It was definitely afterwards. Um, yeah, I I really don't know how we got connected. Um, It probably was through a friend of a friend that was trying to provide us resources at the time um and I'm sure my mom knows but (laughs) um yeah I really don't know but ever since I was connected with NAMI it's been great and it's been a huge support system for me um and everyone's really great there so
0: yeah, I didn't. I told my friend, I think I spoke at my, one of my aunt's events about sexual abuse, and I was telling her, that I want to do more with my story. I want to do more. And she, um, I don't know, I think she Googled, and she found NAMI Bucks. It was just weird, because I was living in Northeast Philly, mm-hmm. and she found NAMI Bucks with, oh, wow. and, you know, email Nick. You know, it did take a long time for Nick to email me back, and I was just about to give up. He emailed me set up a meeting and talk. I was I never heard of Nami. So like I never I would tell my story like, you know, guys, I'm a group faci- I'm a um group facilitator for Nami Bus so I'm you know co-facilitate support groups. And um the crazy thing is I never attended groups before. So like I just jumped in and started, you know, facilitating, I said, like, oh this is cool. You know, this is why I started, you know, being there for a year with Nami facilitate groups made me get ready to start my own podcast you know started with instagram lives first and then i was like you know what let me just change it to a podcast so you know nami guys like i never knew it was you know kayla, you hear what kayla said about um, nami like we just did like it's like you know i try to spread the word now i try to spread the word about nami every time my podcast i always mention nami support groups you know being you know across the usa and everything so um yeah um, my next question for you. Let's talk more about the ending the silence. How is that? You know, I did it before in person one time. So, how is that experience? Explain to the people what ending the silence is.
1: So, ending the silence is a program that uh, combines a peer presenter, which is what uh, Talik and I were or am, um, mm-hmm. and we go with a trained NAMI professional um I don't know their exact title but they go in and they have a presentation on mental health and it kind of is aimed towards middle and high schoolers um and they kind of just go about talking about the signs of mental health um and the signs of uh the signs and warning signs of suicide Um, and kind of just go over why there's such a stigma and why there's such a barrier to mental health today. Um, because 50% of youth who have a mental illness do not receive help. Um, and that youth is 11 to 24, I believe I could totally be wrong on that statistic, but, um, it, there's just a large amount of young adults and youth that don't receive mental illness help. And um, our goal is just really to talk about it and get them to receive the help that they need and be more aware of it. So my job as a peer presenter is to talk about my personal story, uh, which I gave you all a glimpse of. Um, But I just kind of talk about it and so that they can kind of relate to it because I'm more of their age group. So yeah, (laughs) it's going. (laughs) <laughs> so um
0: guys kayla is awesome like i said in the beginning Mia and her did uh Inst- oh i said instagram live a facebook live with into the silence and you know hear her story is like so dope you know what you know her sis- sister been through and her just want to just keep fighting you know keep her sister name alive and i think that's so dope i remember when we-, we was practicing with mia and i was like so nervous I was, like, oh my god when is this <laughs> I remember I did this, this a sound time probably last year, I remember it was cold outside, so it had to be running time last year, I was at my friend, I actually did the Instagram live from my friend's house, and it was like, so dope, Like I, you know, knew Kayla, and I just met Kayla this year at the NAMI Walk, so it was good to mm-hmm. meet her in person, not online, mm-hmm. and, um, and then the signs, like she said, is awesome, guys, I did it one time with NAMI Bucks, but I did it like a couple times with NAMI Philadelphia, that was virtual though, but the. In person one, I went with I don't know if you did it with Nick or Mia. I did it with Mia and oh, yeah. oh God, I was nervous. <laughs> I was so nervous. I was like, cause, you know, kids could be a tough crowd, you know? And right. you know, I'm just like, oh my God, I did I sign myself up to, you know, I was so nervous that you know I live in Delaware and I drove all the way up to Bucks County and I forgot my wallets. Thank God for Apple Pay and thank God I did not get pulled over because I have no nothing on me so you know that was a good experience you know I went to talk to the kids and then I came back and talked to the teachers and everything um me and told me a lot of people resonated with my story and it was so good I was like it made me feel good even though I was nervous I was up there just sweating girl I was like oh my god oh my god <laughs> not good with this public speaking let me stand behind the camera or behind a microphone and I got it but it was so good and like if I live closer to Bush county, I would definitely do that again you know but they need me to record something, I definitely would do it again. But um, my next question for you, um, what do you say about stigma? You know, the stigma surrounding, the stigma surrounding mental health, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, people, I kind of say this, like, people that's not struggling with mental health issues, they don't get it, you know? Right. Like, what do you say to the stigma that surrounds mental health?
1: Um, I mean, it's just, it's everywhere. And it's definitely getting better um, the more we talk about it. And I think that's really the only way that we're gonna end the stigma is to just continue talking about uh, what causes stigma and um, why it's harmful and kind of just talking more about mental health in general. I distinctly remember in college, I started going to the free counseling center at my school and i remember telling my friends that i would have like a meeting with a professor instead of saying i'm going to therapy or i'm going to counseling um and i really didn't have like an answer as to why i was doing that um it kind of was just like like i just blurted it out like oh i'm just meeting with a professor like i didn't really uh think about it but now that i think about it, it i definitely was embarrassed because none of my friends were going to counseling. um, And that made me like, kind of nervous and made me feel kind of like an outcast. Yeah. So that's just kind of like what stigma can look like for others with mental illness. Um, And that's not as severe as you know, some other cases that I've heard of. Um, But it's just it definitely reduces the amount of Uh, help that there that people go to see yeah and it's a shame because you know mental health is so important and for people to not receive treatment because of how they're afraid that they're going to get labeled or how they're going to be treated that's just sad
0: so my next question for you um you know we talked about grief um how did the grief affect your mental health because personally I could say you know I lost my mom 2019 to liver cancer and lost my sister nine months later
1: right. and
0: you know in 20 2007 you know I was you know I'm old I was fresh out of you know mm-hmm. in 12th grade and I lost my grandma so don't breeze back to back definitely when I tell you affect my mental health it affects my mental health and I'm going to ask you how did the grief you know the loss of your sister how did that affect your mental health?
1: Um, it definitely, uh, made it harder to even try to help my mental health. Um, I had lost my grandma a couple months before my sister passed. And so I was trying to, uh, handle that grief and then she passed away. So then it was a whole nother layer of grief, um, on top of the global pandemic. So it was, a lot going on at the time. Um, And I think it just really darkened everything. Um, I couldn't really see the bigger picture. I couldn't really, like, have the motivation to do any of the coping strategies that I had. Um, I know that it could have been a lot worse, though, had I not had my support system. We were instantly filled with so much support from neighbors friends family um and so without that it definitely would have been worse um but I think with all that support and the close knit of my family it definitely uh, helped that
0: yeah guys um if you're out there you know experience grief you know make sure you talk to somebody, you know, make sure you get to counseling. They have grief counselors, you know, a grief support group, NAMI. I actually co-facilitate a grief group at NAMI every first of the month. Every first of the month, each month. And grief groups are good, you know. Grief can be anything, you know. Um, just make sure you guys are out there get support, because grief definitely can sneak up on you. You know, the st- I call it seven, they said seven stages of grief. And I feel like you could be at each level at different times of your life. I mean, if it's a top level, a low level, a middle level, you're gonna be at each level and you'll probably hit, repeat the same level all, every, uh, a lot of times in your life.
1: They say that grief is a uh, nonlinear, and um, I say my ending the silence presentation all the time that it's been two years since Abby died, but I'm still going through that nonlinear linear timeline. Um, yes. and, you know, there's gonna be good days and bad days, so.
0: Yes, I, I I truly agree with you and I understand it. Trust me, I understand it. Um my next question, how do you feel about therapy?
1: Yeah, um, so I kind of talked a little bit about it earlier, uh, that I call myself a therapy dropout. I don't know, I just never was, I say this in quotations, good at therapy. Um and I think that everyone should try it at least once in their life. And I think everyone should try it maybe even a couple of times because I think it's really, really great to just have this undivided attention from someone for 30 minutes to an hour. Like the whole concept of therapy of just having someone's attention is so good, but of course it's not going to work for everyone. Um, I just, felt like I wasn't being truthful in therapy I felt like I was keeping a lot of things in and therapists they're not mind readers so if you aren't gonna talk to them about you know what's going on they can't they can't help you so and that's half the battle and I felt like I wasn't talking so it wasn't effective um but I think therapy can take a lot of different forms. I think it can be in journaling, in doing podcasts like you, Talik, and yeah. writing songs, and you know, there's there's a different type of therapy for everyone. Um, and I think it just takes a little bit of searching to find it. But once you find it, it's really gonna help. That's so true. That's so
0: true. It just out to me. I rely, you know, therapy. Could be journal or podcasting. Maybe this is a therapy thing for me. Therapeutic thing it for me.
1: Be. I didn't even think of it. Yeah.
0: Cause my friend asked me, like, what do you like like enjoy doing? What do you like live for? And I was like, I don't have nothing to live for. I just don't enjoy nothing. And then uh, today I was talking to my other friends, like, you know what? I said, this podcast definitely brings me joy. Like I always say I don't care if one person listened or 10,000 or it could be two people, as long as somebody's listening and hearing somebody's story. You know, I'd have had like people from my personal friends you know therapists on here pastors i had to have on here you know people from big brother um mtv the challenge you know love island netflix the mole um survivor like it doesn't matter who i get on here as long as one person listen i'm good you know Um, yeah. oh, man this probably is therapeutic for me thank you for that <laughs> thank yeah, you sure. for that. uh we got two more questions um how what are, are some go good coping skills you would recommend to somebody that's struggling with their mental health?
1: Um, This goes along the lines of like therapy too. Um, You kind of just have to search around and find something that you like. Um, So some people like to exercise. I personally do not, like when I'm having a really bad mental health day, the last thing I wanna do is go to the gym. But I know that that's other, other people's coping mechanism. Um, what I like to do is, uh, journal, like I said, um, listen to music, read books, um, and try to do honestly anything, but think about what's going on currently. Um, and, uh, being a college student, like the past four years have def- like, it's definitely been a struggle and I had to definitely pull out some coping mechanisms. Um, because I was stressed all the time. But um, yeah, I think it's really important to find coping strategies that help you. Um, and keep a list of the coping strategies. Because when you're in such a dark spot for your mental health, the last thing you want to do is say, hmm, what coping strategies should I use today? Like, that's, but you need to have like a preventative measure. So if you feel like you're having a bad mental health day, you wanna go to your list that you write down of all of the coping strategies that you have in your in your corner and you go down the list and you pick one That's it.
0: This is crazy guys, Everybody, ladies, and, ladies and gentlemen that are listening. I feel like Kayla is like, she doesn't know but she's call, like, call, like calling me out or some stuff. She said, open strategies list, right?" Um, months ago, I created a coping strategy binder, and I have not picked it up when I've been depressed, no. you know, had suicidal thoughts, and like maybe I should start picking it up. It's right behind, but I say it's right behind me. I had made a binder, put different, different, a lot of coping strategies in there, and Kayla just said, "I'm just like, oh, I feel attacked," but you know, it's true. <laughs> it's certain stuff that people would say that you just like, dang, you know. It's right be like this book is right behind me when you said that, I was like oh my god I was like you know gonna like raise your head if you feel a tick I was raising my hand I was like oh my god <laughs> this book is right behind me and I made it for that reason but I did not use it but thank yeah. you for saying it thank
1: you is out of sight out of mind then especially when you're feeling depressed you're not gonna want to go dig that book out so yeah. you know if you have certain things that trigger you know uh, an episode or if you if you kind of know your pattern of your mental health um, yeah. you kind of take that binder out a couple days in advance and say hey like I think I might need this in the next couple days so I'm going to take it out and that way you kind of train yourself to be proactive about it
0: um my next question for you which is one of my last ones that I have actually something today um what can, you tell, um, what can you tell someone that's struggling with their mental health? Why it's important to put their mental health first? That's
1: a good question. Um, I like to make the point that your mental health is the gateway to everything else that you can or have to do in your life. So if your mental health is not good, then your performance in every other aspect of your life is not gonna be good. And if you can't put your mental health first, then every part of your life is gonna suffer unfortunately because um, you need your mind in everything. And your mind affects how you see things, how you feel about yourself and um if you don't feel good about yourself then you can't pour into other people's cups um I like to use that analogy like your cup needs to be full before you fill anyone else's cup and um yeah that's
0: so true that's so true true. (laughs) I love that saying you know so many people have seen it and sometimes I need to take that advice too because I've been trying to Forward to everybody, cup, my cup be empty and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but, um, thank you for saying it, you just, uh, just hit me right now, <laughs> it's like the <a> third <laughs> strike I'm out, um, <laughs> but the, um, I like to, I want to end this podcast by asking, you know, what's going on with you, let's talk, um, about, you know, am I saying Abby's, baker- is it Abby's Bakery?
1: Yeah, it's Abby's
0: Bakery, but, yeah. Yes, so talk more about that, what's going on with that? let the people know what's going on. Okay,
1: so, um, in honor of my sister, uh, we created Abby's Bakery, which is a nonprofit organization that ultimately works to end the stigma and uh, prevent suicide. Um, and we created this because my sister absolutely loved to bake, and that was her therapy. When she was in the kitchen, she was doing what she loved best. Um, she would make anything uh, from banana bread to chocolate chip cookies to new recipes like cake pops. Like she would make anything for our neighbors, um, family, friends. Um, If I would have like a class party and I would say, hey, can you make cookies? She'd be like, absolutely, I got you. Cause I'm the world's worst baker. So she was always there for for me when I needed her to bake something for me. Um, So what we do at Abby's Bakery is we decided to combine baking, and mental health. Um, so we sell mason jars with the dry ingredients for three recipes, banana bread, chocolate chip cookies, and brownies. And uh, we sell these jars to individuals to raise money for different mental health organizations like NAMI um, that work to raise the uh, awareness about mental health and and so, and, and the stigma. Um, And we encourage people that when you buy a jar that you bake with someone that you trust or bake with someone that you want to have the mental health conversation with, because we think talking about mental health while doing something, it doesn't necessarily have to be baking, but in our case, it's baking, but just talking to someone while doing something creates a non-threatening environment to kind of open that conversation up, um, and going beyond the question of how are you? Good, okay, good, you know, and that's that. Um, we really strive to have good open conversations uh, with everyone um, and we go to different mental health events and fairs and we tell Abby's story, we sell these jars and um, we really just allow people to come up and talk to us about what's going on in their lives and point them to any resources that we know of. And um, we're always accepting new resources too, um, but we just try to be uh, a source of hope for people and uh, try to just get the word out there.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Um, tell everybody where they can follow you at. I'm sorry, what? Tell everybody where they can um follow you at, you know, Anby's Bakery, tell them where they can.
1: Oh, yeah, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Um, We're Abby's Bakery Charity um, on Facebook and Instagram. And then we have a website and it's www.abbysbakery.com. And that's where you can find pictures, the recipes uh, and resources on our Instagram and Facebook pages. We post words of encouragement um, and post links to resources Um, it's really cool we get a lot of good feedback on our pages uh, saying that you know that's the first thing that they try to look at in the morning to find words of encouragement uh, because social media can be such a dark place sometimes and we need more encouragement so uh, that's what we look to provide and yeah
0: yes thank you Kayla for coming on again thank you so much I appreciate your openness, openness, and you know, telling you, you know, fighting for mental health. You know, um, you know, keeping your sister' name alive. You know, just doing it for her and you, and your family supporting you. I think you are a strong young woman, and I thank you again. You know, I'm honored to have you on here. Thank, well,
1: you. thank you so much. I'm equally as honored to you know be a part of your podcast and I'm glad that I get to know you through NAMI and yes. forward to working with you more in the future.
0: Yes. Shout out to NAMI.
1: Thank yeah. you. <laughs>